We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Lexus NX is crafted to take on the modern adventure called life. Alexa, what's the quickest route home? With Amazon Alexa compatibility and the advanced Lexus safety system, the Lexus NX is modern utility for the modern world. Because modern obstacles require modern solutions. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. Amazon Alexa and all related logos are trademarks of Amazon.com Inc. or its affiliates. Not all Amazon Alexa functionality is available for in-vehicle use. Welcome to the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro. I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, I'm not going to lie to you. When I went to bed last night, I I was sitting there thinking, I have no idea what we're going to talk about our podcast today. Uh, There was not, it was a slow news week for the Rams outside of the Todd Gurley thing, which has been talked about on other Rams Talk podcasts. But here we are. A lot of big news happened today that we're going to get to. How you doing? Well, you know, I I felt your concerns, Steve. So I made a call to our good buddy Les Sneed. You know, me, I, I just call him Les because you know we're on a first first name basis at this point. So I said, Les, we got to do something because you know Steve and I have a podcast. No news is coming out of your front office. Come on, help us out. Throw us a bone here. And well, I think it worked, man. It worked. Hey, and I'm not going to fact check you on that. I believe you. Uh, we don't lie on this podcast about anything for any reason. So 
there you have it, guys. Johnny, Johnny's got less need in his pocket here. Uh, but <laughs> before we get into all that, as, as always, guys, if you haven't given us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us, please do, especially Apple Podcasts. Every review helps us climb up the charts, get more listeners, which means we get more sponsorships, which means we can give you better products. And, of course, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Player FM, Radio Public, and Spotify, and anywhere else you can find our podcasts, also on our on ClutchPoints.com and the ClutchPoints app. We're the first team-focused podcast for ClutchPoints. Of course, don't forget to check out our other shows, Rams Talk Radio, Rampage Radio, and Rams Uncensored, and Norm's show when whenever that's coming. Uh, Norm, I've been hearing about it for months. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm looking forward to it, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, oh, hey, Johnny, by the way, you know what? I'm going to save this. I have exciting news that I'm going to tease for later. Um, so don't get your hopes up too much. But you want to start with, obviously, the big news today. Mark Barron and John Sullivan were cut. Uh, let's start Let's start with Mark Barron. Now, Barron, he may have overstayed his welcome by a year. A lot of people speculated that he'd be cut last year due to just, you know, he's got a, he had a big contract. He's making about $9 million a year. Uh, cutting him this year saved us. Six point three million on the cap against two. Uh, I think it was two to three million. I'm not sure what the exact number was in dead cap, but obviously that that six point three is a big number. It's going to help us get some players here. But I do want to say first, Mark Barron, we got him for a fourth and a sixth round pick. The guy was largely considered a draft bust when we acquired him. Didn't drafted as a safety. Didn't really cut it in Tampa Bay. They traded him. He he felt really betrayed by the trade had a big chip on his shoulder coming to st louis st louis he's been with the team for that long and kind of really emerged for us in the 2015 season when alec ogletree went down with the injury led the team in tackles uh, the the last st louis leader in tackles earned himself a big payday really really looked good as an outside linebacker i thought he looked pretty good in 2016 as well ogletree came back as a middle linebacker and led the team in tackles that year but i I just want to say because while I do think this was the right move and it'll free up the cap to add a new player at that position, I really appreciated what Barron gave to this team over the five years he was a Ram, played in two cities, uh, earned he earned that contract when he got it at the time. It really didn't seem like a bad deal. And I think out of all the players that have suffered from the shift to Wade Phillips' new defense, he probably suffered the most. He was already kind of a positionless player playing outside linebacker really found his groove and then was forced to move into the middle and ultimately i don't think his fit is as in a middle linebacker or an inside linebacker uh, there's two middles inside linebacker in a 3-4 really doesn't strike me as the fit for mark Barron, and i hope he can find a nice landing spot in a team that runs a 4-3 and get back into his groove as an outside linebacker but i just wanted to say i I think overall, Barron's time here was a success, even if he wasn't as good as we hoped during his contract extension. But he really did earn that money, and going from where he was the year before he got that payday, it's just impressive, and I wanted to give him a shout-out. But I personally think this is the right move. I don't know how you feel about it. It it was definitely the the right move for all parties in this situation. You know, the, the Rams, of course benefit from you know freeing up some money and that's kind of the name of the game this offseason is you know just trying to free up some cap space so we can 
you know, fill in some holes here. But in terms of of Barron, he had this kind of need to be in the four three defense. And, you know, while he did the best he could and and it wasn't that he was uh, at least personally, I don't feel like he was that bad towards the end of the season. Actually, in fact, I thought he stepped up a lot towards the end of the season. He, he did kind of struggle a little bit coming into the season. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of expected coming off from a major injury. So that's kind of the thing is I think a lot of people are looking at this as, you know, cutting dead weight. And that's not necessarily the case. He was a very good player. And I think people need to realize this. And I also think people are going to probably get upset once he finds that other team, especially if he finds the right fit. He's going to prevail. You know, this isn't going to be something the Rams should have kept him. And no, this is just some players are cut out to be in a certain system. And in Wade Phillips's defensive scheme, this is definitely not the position for for Mark Barron in this case. And I honestly, I, I'm rooting for the guy. I, I hope he finds a good season, uh, system, hopefully not in the NFC West. But uh, I, I think he is going to find a good home and uh, he, he's going to prevail there. And, you know, I wish him all the best because, you know, coming from like that terrible situation in Tampa, you know, I I think that this is uh, it's kind of nice to see that revitalizing story. And now coming into this uh, next upcoming season, he basically has that opportunity again to shine. And I hope he really does. Yeah, and I, I agree. I, I really hope he does find a landing spot preferably out of division but losing mark Barron, that money i think it could be better spent elsewhere that was a big chunk of change for a guy who has disappointed in the system he's not really a fit for it Uh, we realized with robert quinn that he wasn't a fit for it and we traded him and you know it was kind of surprising that Barron stuck around for another year but here we are and the team really did right by him Uh, cutting him this early means that he will be a free agent. He'll be able to go where he chooses, and I, I'm glad they they gave him that because he earned it. Uh, he was he was a professional during his time here, and overall, I'd say his tenure as a Ram was a success, even if he disappointed last year. But look, this is a guy we're gonna have to replace because he was a starter, and the guys behind him. Look, <laughs> I I'm not one of these Micah Kaiser truthers out there. Uh, because honestly, our linebackers were not good this year, and if he was going to be the savior, I think he would have played, and he just didn't. So I I wouldn't be floored if they gave him a chance, but I, I think they'll at least bring in somebody else to, at the very least, compete for that job or you know actually spend some money here to get a full-time linebacker next to Corey Littleton, who is also a free agent, but one that I think because he's restricted, we're more likely to keep. Speaking of cuts, we mentioned the other guy, John Sullivan. No, not as long of a tenure as a Ram, but I, I, he he came in last year and along with Andrew Whitworth really helped elevate this offensive line. He was a great leader on the team, great locker room presence. Overall, just a nice veteran presence on a young team. But the team is not as young as it was two years ago. And Sully, I think, was... Probably our weakest link on the offensive line this year. Uh, we have Brian Allen behind him, who might sound a little hypocritical because I just said this about Micah Kaiser. 
it seems like people think he might be able to step in and be the guy there. But if not, you know, I think you're paying $6 million for John Sullivan. You could spend that money elsewhere on a guy who I think would be a better player. But how are you feeling about the Sully move? You know, as far as uh, Sullivan is concerned, I, I loved the signing at the time. He did very well for us for the past couple of seasons. You know, uh, he, he did kind of end on a low note, but that's because this is an aging veteran. You know, this isn't a guy in his prime. This is a guy that, you know, put in very good work in his prime, came to the Rams and did work again. So uh, as far as Sullivan is concerned, yeah, he he's a free agent. But to tell you the truth, I, I think he should retire at this point. Maybe he gets signed to another team to, uh, you know, maybe teach some of the younger guys or maybe becomes a starter as a temporary filler, kind of like what the Rams did a while back. But uh, honestly, I, I think it, it's time for him to hang up the cleats. But in, in regards to Brian Allen, I feel like Allen's situation is a little bit different than Micah Kaiser's because here, here's the thing. So with Micah Kaiser, you know, he played in basically a terrible unit. Uh, I mean, by far, the linebacking core was the weak link on the defense. And it, it was anybody's, you know, ball game to come in, especially when Barron wasn't playing. And I can't blame him too much just because he is a rookie and a rookie that we drafted lower. But again, at any point during this season, he could have came in and stepped in uh, and took over. But he, you know, for whatever reason, Wade Phillips didn't feel comfortable enough to to start him. Not giving up on Micah Kaiser. I think there is potential there, but I, I don't know if I'd say I'm as high. Oh, excuse me. I don't know if I'd say I'm as high on him as, you know, uh, other people are. I mean, I was kind of high on him going into the draft, but, you know, after this past season, mm, that's kind of faded a little, bit, a little bit. But as far as Allen, I think that it's a little bit different because with – the center position, it's a very, very complicated position because you're basically commanding the entire offensive line. And I, I think for Sean McVay, he might have been concerned to kind of throw Allen in there. Uh, even though you have a guy like Sullivan that's kind of aging and everything, he does have that veteran know-how. He does. He's been doing this for quite some time. There's chemistry with the offensive line. And I think, you know, especially towards the latter half of the season, I think – have been a little bit afraid of of you know just kind of throwing Allen out there and you know just kind of interrupting the the flow of the offensive line so in that regard I'm going to give Allen the benefit of the doubt because from what I'm hearing and from rumors is the team seems to be kind of in favor of Brian Allen being the starter going forward so um, that could be just rumors. That could just be something, you know, maybe a scout is just kind of giving Brian Allen a pat on the back and they end up going for, for a starter. It's, it's hard to tell at this point, but I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Brian Allen becomes the starter week one in, the NFL, uh, in, in 2019. Yeah, mid, mid fourth round pick, so... Uh, it wasn't wasn't like we took him with our pick at the end of the round. Um, 
pardon me, I'm not great at math, but I believe he was the 10th pick of the fourth round, number 111. And yeah, so the team, they're clearly pretty high on him. And, you know, we saw there were other guys they drafted in the third and fourth round. You know, John Franklin Myers, he got a good amount of work. And Joseph Noteboom, who you have given your thoughts on on this podcast, but I think they're also pretty high on him. And Johnny, we can't gloss over this. I think we could sum up your feelings on Micah Kaiser by the fact that you literally yawned while talking about him. <laughs> like you literally yawned talking about this guy. I think that just says all we need to say about him. Um, and look, I, I, we both like Micah Kaiser coming out of the draft. I would love to be proven wrong about this, but I think, honestly, I think it's clear that if we were going to be going into the preseason with one of these two guys as a starter, we'd both definitely be more comfortable with Ky- or sorry, Allen than Kaiser. I think a lot more comfortable. I just think that no, you don't. You're not going to rotate Sullivan out of the game uh, because you don't. You just don't really do that with centers and offensive linemen in general. You rotate linebackers in, and if if Kaiser was ready to, you know, get some action, they felt like he was ready. We would have seen him more than we did. We we rarely saw him checking at linebacker. He had a role on special teams, but you know, if the fact that he didn't really rotate in at all for Barron and for Littleton, I I can't imagine they'd be comfortable enough to go into the season with him as a starter, even kind of fighting for that job. And I think Webb, I think linebacker is more than likely position they try to add somebody in the offseason here free agency whether that is some of the guys we talked about like whether that's a brandon marshall level guy at that kind of money or you know that they freed up space maybe they try and go get like cj mosley quan alexander one of the better the better options out there kj Wright. um but that that'll be interesting to watch and yeah i'm I'm not ready to say that Allen will be the starting center, but I, I think they'll see what's out there in free agency at center, but I don't think they draft a center. I think it, in that regard, they'd be comfortable enough with Allen than using another draft pick on a center. But, Johnny, these moves did free up cap. We're at $35 million in cap space right now. That is the 12th most in the league. Now, uh, to put that into perspective, number one is 105 million, and we're at 39, so or 35. It's not a ton, but it's a good amount of money. And you know, if that's 12th, that means that there's 20 more teams that can't spend as much as we can. And you know, obviously there are long-term cap concerns, but this is money to play with short-term deals and Dominican Sue type, type stuff like we did last year. It's money where you can bring in guys via trade like we've done in the past uh you know hypothetically say like if we wanted to bring in a von von miller i i don't think that's gonna happen i don't think they're gonna trade him but you know we have that we have the draft assets and the cap space now to bring in a guy through trade but right now what do you expect the team to do with this money you know you think they chase one of those inside linebackers maybe a center or uh, maybe just use this money to re-sign internal guys. I don't know. What, what's your feelings right now on what they do with the money? Uh, I, I The way I look at it is with uh, particularly with inside linebacker, there are a lot of options in free agency. Uh, there's a lot of options at uh, free safety for 
for free agency as well. Center, maybe not so much. So here's my my thing is I'm looking also towards the draft. You know, we we don't have a huge amount of picks and even even the picks we do have, they're not very high either. So the way I'm looking at it is I'm looking at what's not, you know, (laughs) is there going to be a lot of answers in the NFL draft? you know, as opposed to free agency. So for me, evaluating the free safeties in the NFL draft, there's really not a lot of talented free safeties this year. It's kind of a weak draft class for it. So in my personal opinion, I would prefer to spend on safety at this time. Although at inside linebacker, there's a ton of talent out there too that might be too tempting so I'd be okay with either of those. With center, I would love to have, you know, Mitch Morse or, or Matt Parody. Either one of these guys would be a welcome addition in my opinion. But again, if if we're looking at Brian Allen, if they really like Brian Allen, if if they feel like he can uh develop and become that answer long term then why not? I'm okay with giving him a shot too. But uh, for me, if 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 I was less need, I'm putting my less need hat on. I, if I have my less need hat on, I'm going after free safety. Uh, maybe targeting, you know, one of the top guys out there, and just go crazy and have that kind of killer secondary that everyone dreams of having. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to go after. A guy like Matt Parody, if we could get him at an affordable rate, um, I would love to go after, depending on how much we got to pony up for Littleton, I wouldn't mind throwing some money at you know some of those linebackers we talked about, maybe even going big for like a C.J. Mosley or a K.J. Wright, or slightly less big on a guy like Quan Alexander, who we both like and I think would be a really good fit with us. But I think more than likely they spend this money on an edge rusher, whether that's Dante Fowler, whether that's bringing somebody in, I think that this is a position that I'm. If we can, if there's guys we like at a first round grade near the end of the round, yeah, maybe we go after. It. But whether it's trading out of the first round pick and bringing in a guy who's not too old at an edge rusher, or spending money on a you know a guy in free agency, I I wouldn't be okay with it. And yeah, it's. I don't know, but I would love a new linebacker. Safety, though, you mentioned that it's a weak safety class, but think about where the Rams have drafted their starting free safeties in the last couple of years. John Johnson was a late third-round pick. LaMarcus Joyner, was, he was the 41st pick, so a high second-round pick. Uh, TJ McDonald was a mid-third-round pick. Um, Ronnie McLeod, I'm double-checking this because he doesn't even show up on this list. So I'm assuming we did not even draft him if he was even drafted, undrafted in 2012. So I think that just let's you know, as we talk, we talked about this all the time in this podcast. I think he's got to be so confident in how he evaluates and scouts and drafts safeties. Um, he's, his track record is pretty wild in that regard. Uh, you know, McDonald wasn't great, but he was good enough to be our starter. 
LaMarcus Joyner wasn't a safety, but he turned out to be a really good player for us outside of this year, where he really wasn't even that bad. Uh, Ronnie McLeod was a home run. That guy got paid heavily and won a Super Bowl. And then, I mean, John Johnson is probably the best pick out of the draft. I mean, you could argue a second-year, third-round pick was our second-best player on defense last year. On a defense that had guys like Ndamukong Sue, Akeem Tlaib, and Marcus Peters. And, you know, it's... He's really, really done well getting safeties. And I think there are safeties out there. You know, if we can go out and spend this money on, like, Earl Thomas on a good two-year deal uh, where it's not going to hamper us long-term cap-wise. But with all this cap space, I, I yeah, I'd definitely be down to give him that kind of money. And, you know, I think what should be the priority here, and I think – they should be able they, what they should be focusing on is have this list of positions you know inside linebacker center safety and edge rushers outside linebackers go get the guys that you can get on the best deal that ha- are the best fits for this team um and you know whether that is I, I i think you should be going based on talent rather than positional need once you get into these couple of positions that they need to pick and I you know Wes Need he's done a great job especially in the post Fisher years at finding talent uh where sometimes it doesn't even seem like it's available you know I don't think anyone really expected Marcus Peters and Brandon Cooks to get traded Sneed went out he sought those guys out and he brought them in and I just think this is such an important year for us this is the last year we have Jared Goff on his rookie contract we need to spend this money wisely, and I think we shouldn't just go into free agency saying, hey, we're going to go get a safety, or hey, we're going to get an outside linebacker. We should be going in saying, hey, we have these four positions where we need players. Center, we, we're we fine with Brian Allen, but we're going to see what's out there. These defensive positions are positions of need, and we need to attack them. How do you feel about that thought? Uh, you know, I wouldn't oppose it. I think, you know, overall, kind of this whole, the way that uh, Les Snead is kind of setting up the the offseason, I think it, it makes it a little more flexible to go in that direction. And even if he decides to kind of go in that direction or perhaps, you know, do something a little more creative, more or less Snead-like, you know, I'd be okay with it just because I think I'm a lot more confident now with the Rams situation heading into the off season than I was, you know, probably a week or two ago, just because I wasn't sure what the overall plan was, but now you can see the kind of start of a roadmap into generating this kind of uh, team that I think we all are looking towards seeing. And the question now begins, which good player do I bring in from free agency or do uh, and which young player do I bring in from the NFL draft? And I think that's exactly what the Rams want uh, to be in in, a, in this case. Yeah, they've set themselves up nicely here. Um, you know, these two moves. Uh, while we're losing starters, I mean, I think if you ranked all of our starters, uh, one to twenty-two, these guys would be in the late teens, possibly even in the twenties. Possibly for 21 and 22, but 
Yeah, it's you're still losing starters, and I you think Sullivan's going to retire? I honestly think both of these guys will be starters next year on different teams. Uh, you know, Sullivan's on the decline, but I he's a vet, he's a leader, and I think he's got one or two years left starting under his belt. Maybe it's on a younger team, maybe it's on just team really desperate at the position. But yeah, I expect both those guys to be starters, and I'm hoping you know this is like I said, it's a really really critical offseason for us and this money needs to be spent in the best way possible and there's still some guys that might be cut and some guys that might be resigned and we're going to talk about those guys but first johnny all right i teased this earlier i i as some of you may know i live in new york city i take the subway to work every day i read on the subway every day i have just finally finished reading the game of thrones series which the trailer dropped today for the final season. I'm ecstatic. But I needed a new book, Johnny, and I'm happy to let you know that I have just purchased on Amazon.com Hollywood's team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You've read this book. I want you to tell me what you think about it. Well, first of all, this is this is earth-shattering news here, and, and uh, I got to say – I'm extremely proud of you, Thank Steve. You. Thank you. But, uh, you know, honestly, I don't want to give nothing away. And I want you to enjoy this from, you know, cover from cover to cover. But I will say this about the book. It's kind of one of those kinds of books, especially if you're really into the topic, which every one of us, whether you're a listener, whether you're one of us, is a huge diehard Ram fan. And to read, you know, some form of content about history that you may or may not know that much about is actually quite rewarding. This is something that you're going to uh, hold on to for a while because it's really good content. It really is. I'm really excited to check out this book finally. Uh, again, it's Hollywood's team, Grit Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by our friend Jim Hawk. It's a book that tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who played offensive line for the team from 1953 to 1957 alongside future Hall of Famers and guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Leg Search, Tom Fears, and Les Richter. Guys, you can find Hollywood's book online where I found it on Amazon as well as HollywoodsTeam.com and on Twitter at Hollywood's Team and in other places in electronic and hardback form such as Barnes and Noble. And if you actually head on to HollywoodsTeam.com and get a list of everywhere pretty much where it's available. And it's also, you know, if wherever you're buying books on the internet, you could probably find Hollywood Steam there. Guys, this book is worth every penny for any Rams fan out there. It's just a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind and really just a great source of history about the team. Guys, check it out. Hollywood's Team, Grit Glamour, and the 1950s LA Rams by Jim Hawk. Take Johnny's word for it. It's worth your time. I'm really excited to get to reading this one. All right. So franchise tags went out. Six guys got franchise tags. Uh, a kicker got franchise tag, uh, <laughs> as we saw the importance of the playoffs for some teams. But the most notable ones here, D. Ford, Jadavion Clowney, and Demarcus Lawrence, all tagged. That is three edge rushers off the market. And the reason I bring that up is less importantly because those were guys that we talked about on the last podcast, potential free agents. More importantly because there's not a lot of edge rushers out there anymore. 
somebody is probably going to give Dante Fowler some money. Uh, do you think it'll be us? You know, that was kind of one of the things about last week. There was uh, whispers around the league that Dante Fowler was kind of like the top of the Rams front office uh, radar, which makes sense because, you know, the Rams did invest a little bit to bring him here. And, you know, there were times where Fowler looked like a potential, you know, a potential threat for out, um, for an edge rusher. And that's exactly what the Rams needed. You know, something they really didn't have for most of the season. So since obviously the, you know, the bigger names out there, like the Jadavian Clownies, the D Fords out there, they they still need to add you know, that other piece. And while the kind of the more sexier names out there are gone, now you have to, you know, kind of not settle, but, you know, focus on the players that are available. And that so happens to be, you know, the Rams' own free agent. Now, whether you're a fan of Fowler or not, it doesn't matter because this is a guy that's going to get paid. You know, I I think he's going to get a, a, a big contract. And just depending on how big a contract, I'm okay with the Rams, you know, throwing him some money. You know, but again, if if it's going to break the bank, if they're if he's asking for like a, you know, five year contract worth, you know, upwards of 30 to 40 million, I, I'd be like, eh, no. Yeah. yeah, I I I think that you know I like Fowler. I I think he has a lot of potential, but I think that's just too big of a risk for the Rams to invest a huge contract like that. Yeah, I think he's going to get at least uh, ten million per, and I think somebody might want to give him a couple years. I I don't think they would invest. I could be wrong, but like even if he was like four years, eleven million annually. I, I can't imagine they invest that kind of money in Fowler. And look, Fowler, we brought him in, and it, our defense immediately improved because you know he was much better than what we had out there before. But it's kind of like if you were, you know, let's say you were thirsty and you got some Diet Coke sitting on the counter. You know how old it was, <laughs> but you poured yourself a glass and took a sip, and it tasted flat. And I handed you a fresh can out of the fridge and said, here, drink this instead. Is that better? And you said, yeah, of course it's better. How can it get any worse? That's pretty much what adding Dante Fowler to the team last year was. (laughs) (laughs) You just compared Dante Fowler to a cold or or a chilled Diet Coke. I I think the more insulting thing was that I compared Matt Longacre to a un- Undisclosed age, flat bottle of Coke. <laughs> Diet Coke. Wow. I don't, I don't know if you can get any worse than that. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to be known as the expired Diet Coke. <laughs> I feel bad. Look, I've been hard on suppliers. I just want to remind everyone that uh, these guys are all in the NFL and are way better at football than I've ever been. But I'm I'm just telling it like it is from an a Rams fan slash amateur analyst perspective. I mean, look, Fowler had some huge moments for us 
he was a huge upgrade from what we had. He was immediately our best linebacker. Uh, if we don't bring him back, we need to either bring somebody else in or spend a, a decently high draft pick on one. We can't continue with what we have. If he's gone, I mean, clearly, just judging what we did or judging what we saw early on in the season. So it, I think they'll let him test the market. I think they'll offer him something that probably won't be what he's looking for. And I think he'll go out and see what he can get. And if it's not what he's liking, if it's not from situations he's not liking, maybe he'll come back. But just because all these guys are off the block, I you know the Jets are a team with a lot of cap space. The Colts are a team with a lot of cap space. But I think the Jets specifically, people think they have interest in him. They got $99 million to spend. Even if they give Le'Veon Bell a big contract, they can still add him and have enough cap space to do whatever they want. Yeah, I think he's gone, man. Uh, But I think it's more, I don't know, it's more likely that they keep him with all this space. But I don't know. My gut tells me he's gone. You got anything else on Fowler? No, I mean, once you go Diet Coke, you know, that's... (laughs) about all you can add to that man uh, <laughs> i look i i don't know i guess that was kind of an insult to power oh well <laughs> let's move on to uh, we mentioned that there's some other guy you know we mentioned a while back cut candidates and sullivan and baron were two big ones they're gone Talib and peters were two other ones i I can't imagine they're getting cut. We've heard nothing on that regard, and I don't think the Rams will want to add defensive backs right now, or cornerbacks specifically, spending money on starters. Um, Those guys, when they played together, proved that they were capable enough. Maybe not as good as we'd hoped, but together they were good. And the last guy is Michael Brockers, a team captain last year. if Saffle leaves, he will be the longest tenured Ram on the team, I believe. Uh, there might be, I don't know when Hacker, when when did we get Hacker? 2012? Then I don't know. Something like that. Great, great podcasting here. I gotta say, well, <laughs> well done to us. Um, but yeah, obviously Brockers is you know, he's been here for a while. I'll I'll let you start on this. Oh, I was about to get a diet coke. Hold on. <laughs> Flat, flat, <laughs> no. or chilled from the fridge. Well, I don't want a Matt Longacre, so <laughs> no. But uh, in, in terms of of uh, Michael Brockers, whether we should keep him or cut him, personally, for me, I, I'm a Michael Brockers fan, and I have been ever since the Rams drafted him, just because of the type of position he is. I've kind of mentioned this already, but uh, just to kind of recap, he's a very underappreciated position. And again, last year was easily the worst season of his career. And it was very disappointing, of course. Um, but in, in regards to whether we should keep him or not, I think we should because – I don't think the Rams are, are going to bring back Sue. I, I I think the they would want to keep Nagdamik and Sue, and I think ideally you would want to, but in the end, is it financially feasible and 
I, I don't think it is. So I think in the end, you have to keep one of them. And Brockers at the moment is the cheaper option, believe it or not. I know we're going to be saving $10 million, but he's still the cheaper option uh, than, than Dominican Sue. So if we were to cut Brockers, I suppose it would free up some money to sign Sue. But uh, I, I would still would rather have Michael Brockers just because I feel like he's he's better than what we saw last season. And again, this is at a cheaper cost. For me, I, I, I would stick with Brockers. What are you what are your thoughts there, Steve? Um, well, first, I just I need to let this thought out because I just saw it. I, I, I looked up what your Johnny Hacker was. He was 2012. The 2012 class that Snead brought in. We got Michael Brockers, Janoris Jenkins, Tremaine Johnson, Greg Zerline, and then undrafted free agents Johnny Hecker and Ronnie McLeod. That's a hell of a class, but that class—that is a hell of a class. But that class could have even been better because we took Brian Quick and Isaiah Pete in the second round. Oh, damn! You 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 just gave me regular Coke there, and then you gave me (laughs) Matt Longacre. It's crazy that you missed that hard in the second round, and that draft is still clearly a win because, you know, Brockers, Zerline, and Hecker are all still here, and Jenkins, Johnson, and McLeod were all great during their time here. No complaints about any of them. Uh, and Chris Gibbons in the fourth round, and Daryl Richards in the seventh, who were meh during their time here. Good rookies. Didn't go great after that, but whatever. Um, okay, back to Brockers. Um, now I'm just uh, unnecessarily aggravated thinking about how we took Brian Quick 33rd overall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Brockers. My thoughts here, all all I want to really say is we need to keep one of Brockers and Sue. I don't really care which one it is. You're right about Brockers being cheaper, but, I mean, if we kept Sue for $13 million, let's say that, 13 or 14, 14 is what he made last year. If we keep him at any sum of money in between 10 and 14 for another year and move on from Brockers, I'd be fine with it. I think Sue's a better player. I think he was better last year. But Brockers has also been here for a long time. He's now He was a captain last year, his first year as a captain, that late into his time here. I mean, I think that says a lot about the kind of teammate and person that he is. Uh, I love him. I He shook my hand at the draft the year he got drafted. That was awesome. And... I, I love to have him back. It's a lot of money. I think the people were outright saying we should just cut him without even having a backup plan are wrong. If we come out of this offseason without both Sue and Brockers, then I think that's a failure. Um, if we're going to bring in another defensive lineman, unless they can get him on a good long-term deal, I don't really see the point of it. I honestly think that if they keep Brockers this year on this contract – He'd re-sign for probably less money, and I think that'd be fine. But I, I just I, we need to keep one of these guys. If we kept both, I wouldn't even be that mad about it. But I I don't really think they would. I just I don't want them to cut Brockers strictly as a cap casualty, like you know Sully and Barron might have been more. We need to we need to have one of these guys next to Aaron Donald. Uh, we can't be surrounding him with rookies and unproven guys. Brockers and Sue 
both probably had the worst years of their career last year, but both, I think, stepped it up in the playoffs, Sue especially. We need to keep one of them. And if it's Brockers, so be it. If it's Sue, fine. I I just – we need to keep one of those guys. That $10 million needs to be allocated to a guy to put next to Aaron Donald. We invested all of this money in him. Uh, let's keep the guys around and that helped him have the best year of his career, even if they were disappointed themselves. Are you are you that out on Sue? You don't think he's there's any chance he's back? Uh, well, I, I think he's just going to get a, an offer he can't refuse elsewhere. I, especially when you have teams like uh, like the Chets, like you mentioned, having that much money. I, I see I see a team throwing him more money than what the Rams are going to be willing to pay him. The Jets are out here trying to. St- no, <laughs> they have all that money. Pretty much every player on the team were like, oh, the Jets could make him an offer. That that wouldn't be great. Um, all right. A, this topic is, you know, it's been it's been floating around there for a couple days. Todd Gurley, rumor is that he has developed arthritis in his knee that he had surgery on a couple years ago. Um, to me, I, I don't think we could judge this yet. We we literally all we literally have is that that those words. We have no idea on the severity of this. Um, yeah, obviously it's ridiculously concerning given the money we have sunk into this guy. But you know, arthritis can be something that you know you develop as a kid that affects your whole body and affects you know how you walk day to day. Arthritis can also be something where you know you have to put cream on your hand every once in a while. It's it can be really serious. It can also be really treatable. He luckily for Todd Gurley is a millionaire, plays for billionaires, and is going to be getting the best possible treatment on this. Um, yeah, it's obviously a concern. It's something that's going to linger. It is a reason why now that we've cleared out some of this cap space, maybe they really do try and bring back C.J. Anderson hard and you know continue to run this two-headed monster that ran all over Dallas in the playoffs. But I we keep seeing people saying they need to trade him now. We see people saying this is a bad contract. This is why you don't sign running backs. We have no idea if this how much this is going to affect him. It affected the playoffs probably a little bit, but you know, it's easy to forget because of how he didn't last year playoff games that he missed 3 weeks and then ran for 100 yards in a playoff game. Everyone just conveniently acts like that didn't happen because he didn't play in the Saints game, which we've gone over multiple times. I don't think that was injury-related, and they didn't really give him the ball in the Super Bowl. I, Even with this, I, I'm still going to say that the Saints game was less injury-related and more game flow, and his performance in the first quarter was his poor performance in the first quarter because he was in pain. Maybe, but I don't think that affected Sean Ma- the the injury part. In the injury concern, I don't think affected McVay's decision. But what, what's your take on this situation? I, I'm kind of like you on this. I'm more inclined to thinking that we don't have a lot of details yet. And basically, not even just Ram fans, but I feel like the entire NFL pushed the panic button on this. It, it's it's a concern. It, it, I'd be lying to you if I, if I said that it's not concerning at all. Of course it's a concern because... 
we don't have much details, but that's the point. We don't have much details. We it, it could be something that is a non-story, but in the end, until we have more details, that's what we we got to really focus on is what we know as of this moment. So, with Todd Gurley, for people, he, let, let's say worst case scenario, he has full blown arthritis in his knee, and you know he he it's going to affect his gameplay you know, the rest, the rest of his career for people to say things like, um, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't invest that much in a running back. You know, there are a dime a dozen. You, that's just completely, ah, uh, that's, that's just so sad and stupid. So here's the thing before all of this started happening to Todd Gurley, he was arguably the best running back in football. I don't think there's a single person in the NFL that would say that he wasn't at least a top three running back. I I think to be honest, I think that's being fairly modest because in my opinion, if he's, if he's a hundred percent healthy, he's out there playing. He is the best running back in football. He is that damn good. So, before any of this came out, everyone was really happy with the signing. I didn't really hear too many people, you know, saying that they didn't. And if they did, they're they're just they're. I'm just gonna say it, they're fucking lying. But in the end, Todd Gurley was worth the contract. You know, obviously nobody really knew that he was gonna have arthritis. Heck, I don't even think Todd Gurley knew. He was going to have arthritis at this stage in his life. Uh, so I just want to get that out there is don't don't bash the signing. Don't bash the player. You know, get all the facts first. Who knows? Maybe he comes back next season. He's still, you know, the same Todd Gurley. We don't know yet. So until we get more facts on the situation, uh, we, we, we just got to play it by ear and hopefully wish for the best. Hopefully it, maybe it's just not that serious. We don't know. We'll see. Right. And he's only 24 years old. I mean, he's younger than me. He's, you can, you can treat this depending on the severity. If he's, if they're just finding it now, then, you know, he's, if, if even if it's something that's been there for a while, Look at what he's done. No, if if he if he's had it for a while and they just didn't diagnose it. Look at what he's done over the last two years. It's it depend like we we need to know the severity of it, you know. And even that, you know, I I have a friend who has been diagnosed with arthritis, serious like his in his whole body since he was three years old, and he played football for nine years. You know, I know he's not in the NFL, but you can you can play through this. It's you you're not if this is a thing you're not gonna wanna give him the crazy amount of touches he had over the past two years, and maybe that means yeah maybe he's not gonna be worth every bit of that fifteen million dollars if we can't feed him like this, but I still think he will be more or less the workhorse running back, and maybe you just see a couple more carries for like Malcolm Brown if that ends up in their backup a game. I don't think that he I think they're still gonna ride with him and. Until we know the full facts of the situation from, you know, Gurley or the team, 
I there's not there's not really much to break down outside of yeah we should be concerned but you know you're not gonna trade him right now you're not gonna cut him you're you're just you're gonna have to gather all the information you can figure out how you can treat it figure out how much it needs to be treated and yeah and they're gonna invest as much money in this treatment as they can because they've already invested a serious serious amount of money in it all right, did I need to check Adam Schefter's Twitter real quick to make sure that Michael Brockers didn't get cut during this podcast? I think that <laughs> I think that might be wise. Nope. Last tweet from Shefty six hours ago. Mark Barron got cut. Um, we wanted. We're about Johnny again. Great podcasting. We're about fifty minutes in. Should we talk about Jared Goff's coming extension or save that for later? Yeah, let's go ahead and save it for later. I'd rather just, you know, talk about players and what kind of sodas they're like. <laughs> um, how I, I'm, you know, I think one time in, so I used to really like RC Cola and, and it was my grandpa's favorite soda for whatever reason. Uh, and when I was in college, I, so I stopped drinking like regular Coke, Pepsi in high school because I drank so much of it. I had to get a root canal because of all the sugar. So now I drink like my favorite is Pepsi zero, formerly Pepsi max, the official soda of the NFL, which is, um, zero sugar, but probably worse for you in other ways. One time when I was in college, I saw a case of RC 10 which is their equivalent of, like, Coke Zero. And I got really excited. I was like, oh, wow, RC. Like, I, I, they have the kind of soda I need. I'm going to buy this. I had one can of it, and honestly, it was so disappointing and just not good. And that's how I felt every time I saw Sean Mannion take a snap during his time with the Rams. <laughs> How did I know this was going to somehow be reverted back to Sean Mannion? (laughs) We finally spent the draft pick on a quarterback. Sure, it wasn't a first round or a second round pick like a Coke or Pepsi would be, but it was a third rounder. Yeah, I was excited. Nope. Awful. Literally, I I drank one can of it and just gave it to all my roommates. (laughs) So, So one last question before we wrap it up here, Steve. If there was a soda that you could name after Aaron Donald, what would it be? Uh, Pepsi Max. Eh, I mean, well, I mean, what would it be like? Classic Coke, I guess. That's probably the best. You know what it would be? It would be the what they call it Mexican Coke, like the bottles. That's what Aaron Donald. Dude, would be. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Darren Donald is Mexican Coke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fi- final question because this is a question you get. You got to rank these in order: fountain soda, uh, can, glass bottle. Let's take regular glass bottle, not Mexican Coke. Glass bottle, regular bottle, can, fountain soda. What's the order? I would have to say glass. 
number one. Number two, probably fountain soda. And number three, I would say can. I I would switch. I would have fountain number one and glass number two, and then can, and then uh, regular bottle. Uh, the ice, man, you can't beat a good fountain soda. But the only problem with fountain soda is sometimes it sucks. Like, you're basically gambling with that. Like, yeah, it's a good bet. It's like betting on the Rams to win the playoffs next year or make the playoffs, but you never know what will happen. That, that machine might have the wrong – uh, syrup in it. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Instead of talking about Jared Goff, we talked about soda for five minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's time to about wrap this one up. Uh, let us know on Twitter. Find me at C. Rivero, Johnny at Johnny506, and Ramsalk at TalkRams. Any soda analogies you have for current or former Rams, please, I would love to hear them. Um, <laughs> And, of course, find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rams Talk. Find the Rams Talk room on there. Uh, that's where you're going to be able to talk to us, answer any of your questions, talk about sodas. And don't forget to find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeart, Android, Google Play, Player FM, Spotify. For Johnny Gomez, and Steve Rivero. Talk to you guys next week. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.